The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> In 5, 4, 3, 2. Welcome to the Potterhood Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Nico White. And I'm Will Posnan. And we are the leaders, the founders, the, 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 come on, give me a word. The leaders, uh, the founders. I mean, founders is, is the Hogwarts where I'm trying to think of a, where, the secret keepers? We are the <laughs> secret keepers of the Potterhood Podcast. I could have just said host, but the fuck head, that. Head boys, the prefix? The head boys, prefix. We are the matriarchs, patriarchs yeah. of the Potterhood Podcast. And this is episode... What's this, 15? Episode okay. 15. Feels Bo- right. <laughs> Boy, I hope we good on this number, man. Because it'll be just my luck. We go back and check it. It's like, nah, this was 14. <laughs> but we're back. Before we even get started, I want to say um, a special shout out to a podcast that I did recently to let me um, promote the uh, podcast, Keith and the Girl podcast. So if you're a fan of Potterhood, if ever you get a chance, go on, make sure you listen to Keith and the Girl one time. And if you like it, subscribe to their channel. And uh, we'll, we're going to start a little different than we usually do. Okay. What's up with you, buddy? Like, tell the people what's new. Uh, didn't we talk about me having the kid on this? I think we mentioned it, but okay. it doesn't come up a lot. You, okay. you would think it would come up. Okay. You would think it would come up more that you have a kid and you're not get, like this. Is how much will sacrifices <laughs> to be here at the podcast? He has a child. He's up late hours. You know what I'm saying? Because he has to make sure the baby is good and all that stuff. And he makes it here to Harlem where we shoot. On time, every time. I don't easily feel guilty. I live in Harlem. <laughs> and my late nights are late nights. And I'm always about 5 to 15 minutes off from the time when we're supposed to be here. But Will, like the champ that he is, is always here. So I want you to know, buddy, I appreciate you. And thank you. And our producer, the best short man in the world, <laughs> Maxie. For putting up with my shenanigans. Well, I I appreciate fifteen episodes. I appreciate you too, and I I mean this is so corny, but the real hero is my wife who looks after my baby who I neglect to come here and talk Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, you a regular, uh, yeah, man, you a regular James Potter out here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> All you gotta do because you basically just ab 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 abdicated i think is the word abdicated there you go yeah, yeah, yeah. you abdicated all of the responsibility of wife you're like all right i'm gonna holler at you where you I'm going i'm like looping i'm like, like looping. I, there you I, go i have a job to do well where, where you going uh just hold hold the baby down i'll be back to love it as soon as i go talk about these fictional characters for an hour at change <laughs> but yeah buddy i was i was actually curious about how you were doing because you, yeah. you it hasn't aged you at all well, it's been six months or th- two months, three months. Um, it might age me. We'll see. Things going to get but there? But things are, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it does make me feel really happy. The one thing that I will say, if uh, you're about to have a kid, people are going to tell you that you're going to get less sleep, cool, whatever. The thing nobody tells you that people should tell you is that when your baby cries it's or to wait and wakes you up, it's it doesn't sound like when other people's babies cry like your baby crying it it feels like the most sensible alarm clock you kind of just wake up it's not yeah. that bad right well that's also because you made that baby yes you know if you didn't make the baby like if if i if there's food that somebody else made and i eat it yeah sure it tastes good mm-hmm. but it doesn't taste as good as when i make food mhm so 
Yeah, I, 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 I can understand that. I don't have any children because of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that I've been to places for that. But you look after yourself. Yeah. You there protect you go. yourself. That that's the yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> protect myself. Uh huh. Yes. Protego. Using the shields out here, Max. But um yeah, I can I can only imagine what that's like. But you know, we got a good dad is one of the hosts of the goddamn podcast. Oh, thank you. And the man deserves some credit for it. Even if he leaves his wife with the child <laughs> for at least two hours every week to come make sure that you guys are properly entertained. Now, like I said, that's a little different from how we usually start, but yeah, I feel like we should get a little personal. We fifteen in now. I appreciate it. No, I, I got the opportunity to let people know that I love my kid in case they doubt it. Yeah, in case they <laughs> doubt it. They, just I want y'all to know he's a better father than most wizards in the Harry Potter world. That's true. Yeah, for wizards having all the resources they do, a lot of bad fathers. A lot of absentee. Did Hagrid's dads. we didn't we talked about Hagrid last week. Uh, did Hagrid's dad ever tell him his mom's name? I think he had to find out from a library book or something. No way. <laughs> yeah, I think that, uh, or maybe he told him later, but in- initially Hagrid was like, I know my mom's a giant, but my dad, maybe, I don't know if they didn't know each other's names. It's it's very weird. Well, first of all, at the end of the day, I just feel like the wizarding dads were either, if they weren't all killed by Voldemort, Who's the worst dad in the whole wizarding world? Oh, gosh. that you putting a lot on me, man. Who's the worst dad in the whole wizarding world? I'm... Le- okay. Yeah. Lucius is up no, there. No, I think he's, he's low-key not a bad dad. Okay, but he's <laughs> up there because you got your son a, involved with yeah. like, the crime syndicate. That's true. So you you up there. He is like a, a Nazi who loves his kid, like a neo-Nazi. Yeah, that's like, yeah. come to the... It's hard to feel sorry for him, but he's not a he's not the worst dad. Um, Voldemort didn't get to be a dad, so I can't even say him. What about Voldemort's dad? Are we holding it against Tom Riddle that he got love potion? Nah, because he was like in the Me Too movement. We can say that like he was he was a victim. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was definitely a victim. And he got he got Cosby basically. Yeah, he really did. Um, so yeah, he's a victim. <laughs> Who's the worst dad? Because uh, Arthur's an amazing. Father, Arthur's amazing. I got. And he's the brokest of all of them. Yes, Arthur kills it. He's probably Shoot. the best dad in the whole universe. Who is the worst dad? Barty Crouch Senior. <laughs> Barty Crouch Senior. <laughs> he's pretty bad. Fair. Doesn't enough. even love his kid. At least he loves his wife, but. Doesn't seem to love his kid. I mean, somebody loved the kid because they snuck the wife in and yeah. she was dying. Well, to those mom, of you yeah. who don't know, um, Barnabas Crouch Jr., who was a deaf eater, right? He was involved in the torturing of like um, Alice and Frank Longbottom and Neville's parents. And they sent him to Azkaban. And Barty was like the... He worked for the Ministry of Magic, didn't mm-hmm. he? And he was involved in sending his kid to Azkaban. And... To say the least, Barty was having a rough go of it. <laughs> and I think his mom was dying. Mm-hmm. And they somehow got an invisibility cloak and snuck the mom in mm-hmm. in Barty's place. And she died in prison. But did they, did they think that Barty Cross Jr. was still in prison? Yes, yeah, so they in? thought that uh, because Dementors really only sense like how feeble somebody is emotionally, they thought that uh, the mother was Barty Crouch, so they were able to swap them out. That's so. Isn't it kind of weird that they couldn't <laughs> like see, not see through, but like, because if you're feeling emotions, you would think that would register under an invisibility cloak. Well, yeah. So probably Especially a cloak that's not Harry's. Probably sneaking her in was the harder part because once they had the swap, I don't know. And now, whose idea was it? That was the mom's idea. That was correct? the mom's idea. Yep insane look i love my kids man <laughs> i would love my kids in the future and i would die for my kids but i don't know if i'm gonna go out like that yeah i mean what do you do when your kid tortures a person new insanity i think you go i guess you belong in prison i still love you nah nah because nah, like yeah. you you want you want to say that mm-hmm. but that's the that's the same baby yeah it was the baby that you held in your that you held in your arm. We've had me and my wife have had this talk of like, I don't think there's anything. I think if my kid came to me and was like, "I'm a serial killer," I would go, "Okay, well, let's try to keep a lid on it." Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm right. not turning you in. Right, right. But but you but th- think about what you just said. Yeah, and 
like that might sound crazy to some people, but love is a very complicated emotion, and you can't just you can't just act like it's not there. But I think if they got caught, I would be like, well, these are the rules of the game. I true, mean, true. I'm not going to help you break out of prison. Now, but, by, now, don't get it twisted. Under no circumstance do we at the Potterhood Podcast <laughs> endorse uh, endorse anybody, you know, serial killing or shit, any kind of killing. But what we're saying is that love is a very complicated emotion. Yep. And Will as a father now can kind of understand where the crouches are coming from. <laughs> Me, if it's my kid... Honestly, because I know how I feel even about my, my most immediate family. Like, mm-hmm. if my pops killed you, I'm sure he had a really good reason. Because he wouldn't <laughs> just kill you. You know, ain't nothing wrong with him. He ain't never killed nobody before. That's good. You're riding with so, your... Uh... I, oh, you motherfucking right. Yeah. And if it's my kid that killed you... Now, if you find out your kid is a senseless murderer now, that's that's different. Yeah. You but your kid, if they kill somebody, it'd be for a good reason. Because well, well, you're a good influence in their life. You you want to hope so. <laughs> and then you see a video and it's like, oh, so you just wanted his gushers? And, <laughs> and you oh, and you pushed him down a flight of stairs. Oh, well. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> gushers do taste good, buddy. I, <laughs> you I, should I, know all these cameras you see, or all these phones are cameras. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Tell your kid. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to think about because you think about the severity of, you know, what comes with that. But that's that, that's my seed. You know what's interesting? None of the professors at Hogwarts have kids. I wonder if that's a policy. Like, why don't they have a single? That that That's some real obtuse shit. Yeah. Is it like that the whole time? Or that, is that just I when Dumbledore's I don't think ever... In? I mean, there's no point. We'll have to do a little research, but I don't think there's ever been a point in the canon where uh, a Hogwarts professor has a kid, and that's a little prejudice. I think Dumbledore. That's one more thing he can get in trouble for. He probably yeah, fired a couple a pregnant. Little prejudice. That's yeah. a little. Def- I think Neville might have a kid. Okay. Neville, I think, has a kid, and he's the herbology teacher. But still, no female professors with kids. He's they're not Hilarious. offering maternity leave at Hogwarts. Hilarious. <laughs> this motherfucker was sitting there like, all right, now look, look, listen to me. I ain't getting no pussy. Ain't nobody getting no pussy. <laughs> but Albus, we like I said, McGonagall. Albus, you don't even want any. Doesn't <laughs> you heard me? <laughs> I said if I ain't getting no pussy, ain't nobody getting no pussy. Hagrid That's just insane. like tries to hide his girlfriend who's like oh, sticking right, out from tree, above the, the tree table. tall woman yeah. which ha- Hagrid gotta get some points for being the biggest Mac in the whole yeah. Harry Potter universe Hagrid seems like he's probably the least scared to shoot a shot of anybody I mean you gotta be if you gonna walk around dressed in dog wool yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> then you should have the confidence of a, of a, of a human yeah. giant yeah. and he had it he talked to the women that he wanted to talk to in the movies. That whoever played Hagrid was flirty as hell because you would have believed that off camera, yeah. him and that lady were knocking boots. You know, what's the other thing about Hagrid. He's by the time Harry's coming to school, he's riding around a twelve-year motorcycle. Yes, motorcycles aren't that expensive, right? He's opting for like this beat-up motorcycle. Hagrid just is, pulls it off. Hagrid is the bachelor <laughs> of the Harry Potter community. Meanwhile, Snape is the incel somewhere. <laughs> Just sitting down looking at moving pictures of Lily like, why won't you come back to me? (laughs) People are making Snape online dating profiles. He's like, no. Oh, well, if they making him online dating profiles, I I hope his profile on (laughs) um, Wizard Match went a lot better than the little short dude that just got into all that shit. Bagel boss. Oh, I didn't hear about that. I saw like a little bit of what happened exactly. So he just finished, you know, counting the coins of Gringotts and he... um, (laughs) Now nah, he's a. I don't even know if he's a little person. He's like five feet tall. Okay, but he's very short, and he um he went to get a bagel, and I guess the young lady behind the counter didn't know the kind of bagel he was talking about, and he just got really indignant and started cursing the girl out, and they started filming him, and one lady's like, "Why are you you know like degrading women?" And he says um something to the effect of women. Are very mean to him on dating apps because uh, he's so short. Is a matter told the fact, truth. I mean, oh yeah, no, he spoke his truth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is funny when yeah. whenever I love doing that too. And com- if you have a dispute with a stranger and you just go super vulnerable and like mm-hmm. this is my truth, but you don't say it like you're 
embarrassed. You're just like, this is my reality. Yeah. Like, I'm exhausted because of this. Yeah, let me. They don't know what to do. Max, let me know if this picks up on the mics. Because this is the little guy. He starts talking shit to people. He's child size. Oh, he doesn't even get a want a bagel. He just went in there. He wanted to fucking fight. He was like, where are the softest people? Oh, bagel shops. That's where I'm going to rumble. And and here's my thing. Right. And if there's anybody here that's like hike challenged, you know what I'm saying? Then there's parts of me that wants to say I apologize for what I'm going to say next. But I don't. (laughs) I don't have any sympathy for short people, in particular short men. And that's because of when I when I was coming up, I've always been tall. I'm six foot three now, and I've always been like my proportions my okay. whole life, right? Height wise, and only people that were always shitty about it were short mm. guys. Always, I've only had two bullies in my whole fucking life, <laughs> both short guys. <laughs> I had a sh- I had a short bully too when I was in fourth grade. In fourth grade, but I'm not going to judge all short people by that. I'm not going to judge all short people, got- <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here and act like because of my experience, I'm not completely um, biased. Got when they play that shit of oh well, I'm sh- shut your bitty ass up, shut the fuck up, like that dude. Oh, but please believe me. I would roll him out that shit like a bowling ball into some pins. But that's what he wanted, I think. I think he yes. wanted to go in there. And yes. Just... People talking about they feel sorry for this asshole. It's like, nah, bro, you gonna have to die. You know what? No, I think it's a squeaky wheel thing. Because he blew mm-hmm. up on the internet, he's going to get some girl who's way too hot for him now. He's like, it's um, going to all work out. I, I liken him to Mundungus. Okay. From um the Harry Potter yeah. universe. Unsympathetic character. Unsympathetic character, bro, who's nothing but a thief. For yeah. real, for real. All you wanted to do was steal a moment of fame because he did a friend of ours um, podcast recently, a comic. And what's crazy is I was supposed to be on the podcast, but I had a show <laughs> and couldn't make it. And come to find out that little short motherfucker was on. I was <laughs> ready to cancel everything to shoot down there. Okay. Um, I wanted to say something else before um we got. You know, it was great, people. This is how you know we're finding the groove. This is episode 15. We still ain't gotten to sorting anybody. Yeah. Yet. And I wanted to get to that quicker, but shit, we grooving. Um, oh, there was something I wanted to say to you. Damn it. Oh, well. Well, can, maybe it'll come back to you. Probably. While we're sorting. Probably. Okay. So who are we sorting today, buddy? We're sorting uh, one of the greatest comedic actors of all time. Uh, the hilarious Will Nico Ferrell. Oh, oh, Will Ferrell. No, got you. Uh, shoot. Okay, here's my thing. <laughs> I'm not a big movie buff yeah. like at all. Never have been. You can tell, you could probably tell that by me picking a very niche podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To do. So I I can't say that I actively know too much of Will Ferrell's um work. I know he's Anchorman, right? Yeah. That's Anchorman. Him. Anchorman. Uh SNL, uh Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Okay. Step Brothers probably Step Brothers is probably my favorite. Will Step Ferrell Brothers. Movie. Okay. So because he was on Saturday Night Live, Talladega Nights, and he's Anchorman. I would have to say... There's, okay. I'm stuck between Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, right? Yeah. And I'm That's trying to think too. which one is the most team-oriented. I would say Hufflepuff is the most team-oriented. Okay. With Hufflepuff being the most team-oriented, because when you think of those credits, they're all like collaborative mm-hmm. and in uh anchorman there's a lot of characters that you have to like he's great he's great he's in anchorman, great. but he makes everybody else look great in anchorman as well well he's like a true improviser to me where he's all about what is the funniest in the scene like there's guys who are more dynamic like to me jim carrey is a more dynamic comedic actor mm-hmm. but will ferrell it's always in service of the scene right so having said that i'm gonna put him in um hufflepuff I, I'll go with that as well. Okay, so now what? Somebody that knows his work a lot better than I do. Mm-hmm. 
outside of him being a team player, what what are the other reasons? Like, what is it about him that screams Hufflepuff? Uh, he's real. Uh, he's really loyal to his guys. Like he. Uh, so when he was popping on SNL, same time Tim Meadows was popping, and they gave Tim Meadows the. I think the movie's called Lady Ladies Man, the Ladies Man, which is based off the sketch. And Will Ferrell was popping, and he still took like a, like a bit role in that, like a very supportive role. It wasn't a small role, but it was like a supportive, cartoony character version of a guy who hates the ladies' man. Got you. And just through and through in his career, I mean, if you look in the movie Old School, he comes in for a scene and is just hilarious. Or not Old School, uh, Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Wedding Crashers comes in for a scene, is hilarious, and just supports what Vince Vaughn is trying to do and, and I so I, I love uh I love Uber talented guys who also have small egos. I think that's you know Okay. It's rare and I appreciate it. You know what? Damn it, we gonna sort three people today. Okay. Because you didn't got the juices flowing, so let's do it. Okay. How about um we gonna keep it to SNL but we're gonna go closer to their modern cast. So where would you sort SNL cast member Pete Davidson? Where would you put him? Uh, I would go Ravenclaw. I think. Ooh, all right. I would go Ravenclaw. Tell me why. I think that uh, I think that Pete is the only person in uh movies or television right now that um is able to incorporate like the SoundCloud internet hip hop scene into what he does. And it just, it's like, he's, I mean, you look at who he hangs out with, who he, <laughs> like the sketch he made, uh, Tucci, which is like the, or it's like, it was a parody of the song, uh, Gucci Gang, Tucci Gang. Yeah. Like that sketch is a sketch that people who are paying attention to what young, like teens and people in their young twenties want. That's a sketch for them. And I just, so much of what I see on TV, nobody's making stuff for people ages 16 to 25. Mm -hmm. And he's like one of the only people that's prioritizing that. And I always think that that is a smart move because those people are going to be around the longest. They're going to be around a lot longer than 35-year-old, 40-year-old comedy snobs, you know? So that makes sense to... Gotcha. So that's one for putting Pete Davidson in... Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. That's one for Ravenclaw. Maxi, what you think? I'm going to go last on this one. I would actually say, uh, let me see. Is this, is this thing on? <laughs> Hold on. Matt's got to check his levels right quick. Yeah, I don't know why mine is. Uh, is it on? A weird one. Um, test, test, test. You got volume? Here. Yeah, I can hear mine. Let me see. Because um, now you can always use mine. Yeah, I'll just use yours. There you go. All right, so I don't know why the other mic's not working. We'll figure that out. I would say Gryffindor. You'd say, Gri- you'd think, say Gryffindor? I think uh, just the way he's so, like, uh, emotions right on the sleeve. I think talking about, like, his mental illness. I think oh, like, that's true. bravery to that. And I think, uh, I don't think he thinks the stuff out as much as a... Uh, a Ravenclaw. I think it's. I think it comes more from like gut and emotion. I would agree with, with you him. about. I completely thought forgot about that angle of just like, I mean, him and Kanye are probably and Kid Cudi are probably the three most open about their pursuit of like a healthier mental state, mm-hmm. and it's something that you know is very pertinent to a lot of people. So right. yeah, I I can definitely see that's a strong case. Okay, so all right now I know Pete. You yes, know I know Pete personally. Me and him are um, decent, decent fucking homies. So, having said that, Gryffindor easy no contest. Yeah, Pete definitely goes in Gryffindor because if it's br- bravery, it, he's almost like um, if I had to liken him to a Harry Potter character in a sense, it wouldn't be Harry because I feel like he has a lot more genuine home support than somebody like a Harry Potter would. But Neville. Neville? Neville. Well, Neville doesn't... Neville has... I guess he has his grandmother. Right, right. But you think about it. Something terrible happened to a parent. Yeah. Right? He lost his dad. And then you got like the the beginning years. You know what I mean? When we were all like around each other. Yeah. Every day. And you could see like the struggle. You know what I mean? Like he was young. He was funny. But 
fucking you going around the city doing the bar shows and the check spots and mm-hmm. all that stuff. To now, some time passes and it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's way different than what it used to be. You know what I mean? And somebody getting the acknowledgement for being talented and also that blind bravery of saying what it is you want to say, even if. Do you remember how Neville tried to stop um Oh yeah, well the fucking um Harry Ron and Hermione and got Petrificus Totalis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then Neville stands up to uh the Karos, the the two Karos. brothers the Karos. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Karos. Yeah. yeah, take take that Santi. Yeah. I had no idea what their name was and Nico <laughs> Or or fucking, you know, when when he had that whole thing with the internet turned on him. You know what I'm saying, Pete? I'm oh, yeah, yeah. Him. I was like, Neville? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think they had the internet in Harry Potter yeah. world. But when the internet turned on you had all these trolls going, like, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. And he, I think he posted something along the lines of, like, no matter how many times you say, like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I saw this, that you're giving me this advice. I'm going to ignore it. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to ignore it. Like, whatever I go through, I go through. But I'm going to do my best to ignore it. And he's really dope, like to the people around. Him. So for those reasons, it's because you mentioned um, Will Farrow. Okay, and he's on SNL cast member. I can think of. <laughs> the only SNL cast member that comes to mind is the one you're friends with. Yeah, hey man, you know it's like that sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll never share this part of the podcast because I don't share shit of me complimenting other people, <laughs> much less comedians. But fucking Pete. Definitely Gryffindor, no contest. So speaking of Gryffindor, we got some uh, Gryffindors to decide between. Today, the question is, who was the best at exploring Hogwarts? Mm -hmm. And all of our candidates are Gryffindors. Yep. We got the big three of Harry, Hermione, and Ron in one corner. In another corner, uh, we got the Weasley twins. Mm -hmm. And then in the third corner of this triangle, we got the Marauders. Okay. So and I know how I feel. All right, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, somebody you didn't mention. Okay, uh, I think the person who knew Hogwarts best was Salazar Slytherin because that motherfucker <laughs> hit a whole basilisk. Well, that's the big advantage of Harry and his crew is they're the only one who find the Chamber of Secrets. Right, but he already knew where it was. Yeah, you know, so that that would be my immediate answer. But from the but he didn't, did he know about the Room of Requirement? You're correct. He and the Whomping Willow was later, so yeah, he might not have. You're, you're correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're correct. Um, okay. So would you be leaning of the so Slytherin the, for sure above everyone? Yes. And then of the people we named, are you leaning towards Harry and his group because of the no the fuck Harry and his group? Okay, I agree with that. I'm leaning towards it's between the Weasleys and the Marauders. I'm I want to say the Weasleys, but I'm leaning towards the Marauders for the simple fact that the Marauders made the map. True. Right. But I feel like Fred and George... They had the map before Harry got there. They had the map before Harry got there. But you know who the Marauders were. Yeah. Harry's um, Harry's dad, dad his godfather, Lupin. Lupin, and Pettigrew. But I just feel like in the process of being in school, like the grounds, and all, I feel like Fred and George covered more ground. That's what I think, too. I, I think just feel like they covered more ground. They were twins. They weren't studious. Like, James was at least trying to impress Lily by getting... He's trying to be an aura, so he's getting yeah. good grades. Yeah, where the twins were literally just, like, doing their own thing. Yeah, no, I think that they have... Hustling like candy in the corridors. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Fred and all. That's what I'm going with, too. I think that... You can get the one advantage that Harry and his crew have is they found the Chamber of Secrets, but Fred but who and George wants to have hang the out map. there. That's There's true. A rotten snake in the middle of the Chamber of Secrets with yeah. poisonous bones. There must be other stuff down there too, right? Because the basilisk was feeding before it left the chamber. There must be like some frogs or something or yeah, fish. Yeah, it has I don't to know. eat, right? Yeah, it doesn't eat muggles yes. or muggleborns. Well, no, it can eat all people. I think, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. Can a basilisk or do they eat people? I know they can kill people. They can kill people, obviously. but that's only if you make direct eye contact. Yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't eat people. It'd be crazy if that shit had like a vegetarian diet. <laughs> like the basilisk is just a misunderstood creature. <laughs> like the caramagical creatures, professor probably like you didn't have to kill them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just had to put some shades on them. Like we could have did a spell to do that. Yeah, and just let them roam around the roam around the uh, 
the ground. I'm sure there's some basculus that was watching the last Harry Potter movie when they uh, ascend with the dragon yeah. out of Gringotts. He's like, why didn't you do that with Uncle Basilisk? Right, right. Why didn't you do that with me, nigga? You, you Just didn't wanna, ride him out of there. Right. You didn't want to jump on top of my head, maybe, yeah. you know, cover my eyes and <laughs> lead me. You you can talk to me. Yeah. You know what I'm he saying? He can talk to the basilisk. Yeah. What? How come he never tried to negotiate with the basilisk? Yeah. I think I think he did try <laughs> speaking parcel tongue to yeah. the basilisk, but Voldemort's spirit was there. Oh. And Voldemort had already, like, bewitched the snake or whatever the fuck. Do you think that snakes probably prefer like sociopathic humans like Voldemort like they talk to Harry and they're like you're you're kind of boring you know, do you feel love <laughs> nah I feel like all snakes really want to do is like slither and eat eggs yeah so all you need to have is eggs <laughs> now I'm not sure that all snakes eat eggs but from the stuff I've watched on Animal Planet they like eggs <laughs> so just have some eggs be able to talk to him you know how to saying? train a basilisk with nico white just I mean, go down there with a ba- a bucket of eggs oh bro i wish we did like video of this so we could have somebody <laughs> animate that just my face on a basilisk my legs crossed oh that'd be so dope with the sorting hat on my head that would be amazing so we're both going weasley twins weasley i think twins. we're right about that let us know if you think it's somebody else Facts, yeah. yeah. Let us know when, um, when wherever you find us, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Let us know who you think mastered the Hogwarts grounds the best. Like who knew who who knew the land best. We're forgetting Hagrid too, aren't we? Yeah, but I feel like Hagrid isn't really discovering hidden passageways. Like right, he, he, he knows the home. forest way better than anybody. Gotcha. Well, maybe not as well as Lupin and them. Like they were in the forest a lot. Nah, I, I, how long has Hagrid been working there? That's something else That's that they true. never really um, expanded upon. Yeah, did Hagrid have a job after he got kicked out of school? You gonna give me a fucking job if yeah. you accuse me of murder I didn't commit. And I want my job now. And I will want my wand back. It's so weird that they go, look, Hagrid, we know you didn't do it, but we're not letting you back into school. Right, and I'm not letting you have it. But here's this umbrella. Yeah, It's, it's magical and doubles as rain protection. It happened never used it in the rain. Yeah. He just got rained on. Very impractical giant, that guy. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited for this next section. Uh, it's called uh, Intro to Muggle Studies. Now, this is something that Will came up <laughs> with. And it's basically one of us is going to play. It's a role-playing game. One of us is going to play a wizard. And the other is going to play a m- a muggle? Yes. Oh no, a a professor at Hogwarts. Okay, one of muggle it? studies. So he's gonna be the professor of muggle studies, and I'm gonna be the wizard he's trying to tell muggle shit to. Now I'm curious to see how this goes. I literally can't yeah. wait. So, buddy, <laughs> take your time. Okay. So I'm today. I'm gonna be telling you uh, about a muggle uh, cultural staple, which is the Stoner movie. Stoner. movie. So here, here's how it, here's what it is. So the Muggles, they have, uh, they have this, they have this drug called marijuana, mm-hmm. um, also called pot, mm-hmm. and uh, basically it's a lot like you know our drug, liquid luck, yeah. that makes you feel good and makes good things happen to you. So imagine that's a drug. Yeah, well, it's a potion. That's true. So drugs are like potions, except. Uh, you get addicted to them and then so like some potions like maybe love potion is kind of akin to a drug i don't know gotcha go ahead teacher. Uh, i'm listening to you <laughs> so you know how liquid luck you you ingest it you feel good a lot of good stuff happens to you imagine something like liquid luck except with the side effect that you don't leave your couch oh. so it's like good things happen to you if they can reach you at your couch okay so Fair that's enough. that's what marijuana is. Gotcha. And how many muggles would you say consume this marijuana <laughs> thing? Uh, the cool ones. No, I would say. <laughs> what I would, percentage? I would say around a little under 20% of all muggles Jesus in the U.S. Jesus Christ. And how many uh, muggles in the U.S.? 300 million, right? 300 million. So Shit. I would say there's. 40 50 million pot smokers in the u.s gotcha now how many people that just like smoke pot every other day like oh that? every other i'm including those people now in terms of oh, okay i would say once a month to every day okay or like the people 40 million. who yeah. smoke weed say they don't smoke weed because <laughs> they don't act they've never bought weed i'm saying like your co-host on the podcast oh, okay like, 
Yeah. Uh, I would put them in a subcategory, and I would say there's another 40 million like that that smoke a couple times a year. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So, so Muggle, I understand the marijuana stuff. So Muggles also have this thing called movies, which you know how um, our photos are not like their photos and that our photos move? Mm-hmm. They So movies are the only time until recently with iPhones. Another story. Uh, until recently where Muggle photos can move, but in these Muggle photos that move there's always a storyline so it's not just oh these guys are playing at the park it's like this character learns something valuable over the course of an hour and a half so what you're telling me is that muggles instead of just putting the pictures on a frame and watching them no they have to add dialogue and storylines mm-hmm. they put so, it on a big tv or a big screen they put it on a big screen and they congregate and watch it as a group or sometimes no, by themselves no, tell me what's a tv <laughs> tv is like a big i'm screen. just fucking with you <laughs> okay bro. you know what that went a lot better than i thought it was because at first i ain't gonna hold y'all i ain't know what the fuck was about to happen but we tried it and it wasn't half bad it wasn't bad it was so a round of applause for Will Posner. <laughs> I can't clap because I'm holding the microphone with one hand. Thank we you, got, Maxie. Yes, thank you. Uh, do you want to try it or you want to you want to wait till next oh, week? Oh, I'll try it. Okay, go for it. All right. So, look. In the muggle world, they have this thing called racism. <laughs> now, racism is when people of one skin color, they discriminate against people of other skin colors. Now, but why would you care about their skin color and not the contents of their blood? I mean, blood's the important thing. I mean, you have to. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a white supremacist. I'm a blood purist. It's all good. Well, the reason they don't care about your blood purity is because they can't see that with their eyes. Okay. They need these special instruments called microscopes, which is something that involves labs and all that extra shit okay racism is a lot more um it's a lot easier than having to study that hard okay so what some muggles would do is that they'll judge people for being darker skinned than they are or lighter skinned than they are and because they don't have dragons running around everywhere because they don't have house <laughs> elves making their you know they trick they treated a group of people like house elves and planning muggle countries yeah yeah instead of getting house elves they went and got people of certain skin complexions and used and abused them for years. Whether they were darker skinned, some of them were lighter skinned, some of them, you know, didn't have potatoes for a long time. They used people <laughs> as slaves. And it's gotten to the point to where some people have improved on it and gotten a lot more tolerant. And some are still um, nervous. Some are still nervous. The muggles have a very complicated view on race. So you said that because there's no dragons, there's racism. So are you saying that the solution is to give victims of racism dragons? I, I mean, if, if, I, if, I, if I were a muggle, I would probably want a dragon. <laughs> you know, if I was a muggle, I'd probably want a dragon. And then after my dragon gets on the scene, I'm sure everybody will remember how much they need each other <laughs> so they can get rid of this goddamn dragon and realize they all burn the same. We're you can't tell what color you are when you're on fire. Well, yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Charboiled is charboiled, <laughs> no matter what you think you look like. Okay. And see, that's how yeah, I get my lessons out here. You understand <laughs> that? Yeah. I feel like if I was a student in your intro to Muggles class, I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't want to ask a question. <laughs> right. Hey, you better not ask me shit. Welcome to the pot of hood, baby. <laughs> so uh, speaking of racism, let's uh, let's deal with the character this week who we are uh, who are making so black. F- for if they were black this week, we're doing the one of, one of my favorite magical creatures in the whole um, same in the whole wizarding world. Right after dragons, the hippogriff Buckbeak. <laughs> so if Buckbeak were black, I don't think his life would have changed much. I just think that he might would have. Um, they would have. There would have been a little bit more of an uproar if they would have tried to like kill him. Yeah, either that or they would have killed him right on the spot. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. Somebody would just came right out there and like set them separate his neck, and that would have been it. He just uh, he scratches Draco, and then a howler shows up that just says "guilty." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we can move forward. Or the exact opposite, like there's big protests and it stuff. Does, it's not even phased by Draco. You know what I'm saying? It it's might like, not even be phased. Like if Draco didn't bow, it might literally just like turn around. And ignore everybody. Here's here's one thing that I think would be different. Mm. I think that uh, if Buckbeak were black, 
he would just go by Buck. That's funny. <laughs> and it would be like Hagrid would know him for years before he found out his full name was Buckbeak. That's hilarious. <laughs> he found out he finds out from one of the Griffins after Buckbeak. Because yeah. Buckbeak would run away. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm not waiting for murder. I know, yeah. who, I know who I just scratched. That, that's true, too. Yeah. Buckbeak would not trust the system and just await his trial. Buckbeak just get up out of there. And Buckbeak could turn back and speak full words. Like, Hagrid, I came here for you. And you told me it wasn't going to be no bullshit. And now here come this blonde-haired motherfucker that I had to slice up. And he had to know it was real out here. Hagrid, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. Buckbeak, Buckbeak wouldn't have been able to wait for Sirius Black. He'd be flying to Cuba with Asada Shakur. <laughs> Yo, we'll be way too prepared for these goddamn if they were blacks. Yo. But yeah, that's all I got on Buckbeak because he's a goddamn creature. I don't think it uh, changes too much whether he's black, white, blue, or yellow. I think he still um, has a trajectory that he had, all jokes aside. And it's a damn shame that Buckbeak never came back yeah. in like the later books. Yeah, they never use him again. Well, once they can all see Thestrals, it's like... Well, why would we wait for well, a Well, which is fine, but why wouldn't Buckbeak, like, why wouldn't Sirius ride Buckbeak yeah. to the fucking battle of the Ministry of Magic? That's true. Like, I feel like Buckbeak should have been somewhere, like, waiting for Sirius. And but Harry. Bellatrix is unintimidatable. If you show up on Buckbeak, she's just like, oh, one more thing to kill. She well, Buckbeak is also unintimidatable. That's true. So uh, you would have two very um, strong, because Bellatrix would have to hit him. Dude. But he would also have to hit her. If Neville killed Nagini by f- swooping in on Buckbeak and just lifting up Nagini, that would feet. that would have been dope because um yeah you remember how Fox like cut the uh basilisk's um yeah. eyes that would have been a great like that book been a great thing. scene that would that would have been a great scene just to see Nagini and Buckbeak go at it yeah. Just a fight a hundred feet up in the air with Neville on top, and that's kind of like a callback to that first Quidditch or the first Brooms lesson where Neville yeah. can't fly. Yeah, and he's just like with the sword standing on Buck. Oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> they missed a lot of opportunity with things like Buckbeak in the um, yeah. Potter universe, but it is funny when we Monday morning quarterback J.K. Rowling like ten years later, like right. well, we've thought about this ten years straight, tell, and there's one thing telling her what she can do with her. <laughs> billion dollar yeah. uh franchise yeah for sure we apologize by the way jk first of all how dare us i think she appreciates this kind of energy yeah she don't even know it's out there dude. no but like <laughs> i do see like when people tweet at her and stuff and they're mm. like what about this i mean she does try to come back with like well actually you never thought about that but sometimes she will go oh that's interesting yeah she's uh she's one like dream guest yeah i want to have on here you know what i'm saying i want to have her on here I want to have um, I want to have Jay Farrow on here. Should I gotta get Pete on this motherfucker? Yeah, we'll probably have to go to him, but <laughs> we can do that, right, Maxie? Yeah, that'd be easy. I would say yeah. all of those people, and then uh, Tom Felton is doing a play in New York right now. The guy who played Draco, so oh, he's well, another. You dream better guy. start reaching the yeah, fuck yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I am. I'm reaching out. Yeah, you better reach out because that's Draco, right? Yep, Draco. Yeah, I mean, really, all the all the people in the movies. You know who? Would be a great uh, dream guest. Would Rupert be the guy Grant. who plays uh, Mad Eye, yes. Brendan Gleeson. I would love to have him on. Yes, but I feel like he's just somewhere like smoking <laughs> cigars and swallowing the smoke. Which you know we can do. We, we'll, we can accommodate that on the podcast. Oh, you, you, well, you definitely know I can. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I can. I might cough a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> I can't inhale cigar smoke because that'll kill you. But I can definitely smoke some cigars with the best of them. So yeah, let's get on that. All right. If we get Tom Felton on this shit, our numbers better skyrocket. <laughs> <laughs> what we got left, man? Uh, well, we. I mean, how are we on time? Where are we at? Uh, we're at like forty-five minutes in. All right. Do, oh, perfect. Should we sort our uh, our last guy? Let's sort the last guy. Okay. Buddy. So we are sorting the fictional character of Scarface from the movie Scarface. Yeah, baby. <laughs> now you're not a, a huge cinephile, but I. But I, I know imagine. Scarface. <laughs> I love slithering. Scarface. Yeah, that's what I'm going with too. Period. Tony Montana is a slithering. slithering. This motherfucker killed his best friend for no reason. Like, okay, so for those of you who don't know what Scar- who Scarface is, Scarface <laughs> is a um a political refugee from Cuba who um came to the United States looking for a green card. He escaped the uh, like Castro and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino played him and all that. And which, come to find out, like Cuban people hated Scarface. Yes. Because they were like, it's a fucking caricature of us. Mm-hmm. We don't fucking talk like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, you know, like we just don't act like that. But he was a coke 
coke dealer and soon find out he was a coke head but got high off his own supply yes sir him mm-hmm. and his um best friend a guy named manolo they came to the united states and all that good stuff right and they ended up selling drugs from uh, this guy named frank and <laughs> you know the whole plot point by point bro i played I pl- <laughs> i've watched the movie a hundred times literally and there's a video game for the playstation 2 called scarface that i played more than 78 hours on okay so you're an so, expert I, yeah you know bro i made <laughs> so again like i know i'm jumping in and out a lot of things here but this is deep for me <laughs> so the scarface video game i spent like i said like 78 hours on it because it shows you your playing time and i sold in that video game one billion dollars <laughs> worth of cocaine my memory card has 900 999 million 999,999 dollars in the bank and then i got 30 million in cash on me so yeah a billion dollars worth of cocaine i saw and it took me 10 years yes because i got that game in like 07 no the year came out maybe 06 05 something like that and in 2018 i got a billion dollars in that game you know how many playstations i went through and how many times I had to buy that game in order to get that billion dollars and fix memory cards? It was a whole That's thing. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, then Scarface, um, Frank tries to get him killed and it's unsuccessful. He comes back and kills Frank. And then he takes over Frank's shit, takes Frank's wife, all types of crazy shit. <laughs> he killed his best friend. And that's why I'm putting him in Slytherin. He killed his best friend because his best friend ended up with his sister. Mm-hmm. And you would think that somebody who's your best friend you know them you know what i mean you know your sister she grown you grown like you can't fuck my mom but if i had a sister and she grown and you grown and yeah. she wants to have sex with you it's the do, that's the ron weasley approach yeah, do, yeah right do yeah. your thing bro I, I i ain't got time to be mad at you and his friend didn't even do his sister dirty he yeah. loved his sister he scarface was up to the gills on cocaine at the time when he found out it wasn't I, like he was sober and calm, like, hey, by the way. Nah, ain't no amount of cocaine going, well, I've never done this yeah. shit. But ain't no amount of cocaine going to make me be able to kill my best friend. So for that reason, I'm putting him in Slytherin because his connections is what got him everything he got. His ridiculousness and ego is what destroyed everything that he earned. And his um his lack of tact is what ended up destroying everyone he loved. So for those reasons, I'm putting him in Slytherin because he's a lot like Voldemort. Where he hurt so many people, destroyed so many lives, and he was afraid of like he acted like he wasn't afraid of death, and the one thing he couldn't avoid was dying. <laughs> you know what's funny is that you had the Scarface, Scarface video game made a billion dollars selling cocaine on the game. Oh yeah, which means that if you ever got the Voldemort video game, you're probably making like a hundred billion Horcruxes. Oh, man, <laughs> all the Horcruxes. Are you crazy? There'd be no living characters, just stuff that's a horcrux. Yep, goddamn right. A whole bunch of screaming <laughs> medallions out here. <laughs> so I would, I would also lean towards Slytherin, but I could be convinced of Gryffindor because he was just fearless. He, I mean, he was like, "I'll solve stuff by shooting at people." Mm-hmm. Never ran. Away. I mean, look at the final scene. It's like eleven guys are shooting at him, and he's like, "Well, I'm not leaving this staircase." Well, he's also, as you said. Coke to the gills. So I don't think he could have went anywhere. That motherfucker's going, I take your fucking bullet. Come on. I take your okay, fucking bullet. Okay, I'm reloaded. And then that the one dude came in from the back with the shotgun. Blah! Oh, that shit went right out the window. Well, how do you think the sorting hat would even react to being placed on the head of someone who's just so coked up? That shit would get so high that the hat would overdose. They would need to make a new hat. <laughs> hat starts talking quick. Well, right. I could be convinced Ravenclaw, but I could be Gryffindor. Where the hat gets take, uh, taken off. It's like, no, put me back on. Put me back on. Put me back on. I got I to gotta resort. I got to resort Tony. I got to resort Tony. He's been here for three years. I got to resort Tony. Get Tony back here. I got to resort Tony. I ain't never had so much fun. <laughs> he like, yo, yo, I'll give, I'll give you the sword of Gryffindor. Just come on. Let me get on top of your head. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the hat just uh, leaves on Tony's head when he graduates. That is hilarious. <laughs> that hat. Like, hey, hey, everybody. I just want everybody to know Tony Montana is graduating today and I got an announcement to make. Fuck each and every last one of y'all. I'm going with Tony. Y'all gonna need to find a new sort and hat. It then just hops on Tony's head. <laughs> oh, that's <the> stuff. <laughs> it is strange to me that they just have the same hat 
for hundreds of years. Like you can't make a new one. Like you know what would have been so dope if we would found out the story was being told from like the hat's perspective. That'd have been so dope. Yeah, that would have been so <laughs> dope. Like to hear the stories that the fucking hat has because it identifies so many people and so many character mm-hmm. traits. Gets so a few people you. wrong. Few a people. Times. Wrong. Um, that's one criticism I have of wizards, though. They don't share their notes. Mm-hmm. Like the guys who invented the the Peveril brothers, they made the Deathly Hollows, yeah. and all that technology is like lost to the wizard. Like nobody can ever recreate anything. Yeah, it'd be like if a guy invented a car and had a car in his front yard, and you're like, "How do you do that?" I'll never tell. Right. It's like, but like, okay, bro. Can we have more invisible? Just one invisibility cloak that works this well. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, share best practices, wizards. Share best practices, wizards. <laughs> and audience, this has been episode fifteen of the Part of Hood podcast. Again, we want to thank you guys for listening to us every week. The people that listen every week, please make sure you um you know interact with us. We want to hear more from you. You can find me on Instagram at Nico White ninety three. That's N E K O W H I T E ninety three. Um, announcement. I'm going to be headlining the final show of my Introducing Me tour, and I'm doing that here in New York at the New York Comedy Club on 24th Street. The address is 241 East 24th Street on October 25th at 11.30 p.m. New York, New York. If you can be there, check my website, NicoWhite.com. It is N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E.com for tickets and all that good stuff. Make sure you use my promo code KANG, that is K-A-N-G, to get your tickets for just $20. And come to the final hurrah to introduce me tour. I've been doing this tour since 2015, and it's time to fucking lock it up and rename it. Dope. Uh, you can find uh, me on Instagram at Will Posnan, W-I-L-L-P-O-Z-N-A-N. And if you're in New York, you should go to Nico's show for uh, for that tour. That'll be fantastic. There you go. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pot of the Podcast. Make sure you give us five stars, subscribe, leave a comment. And after all that, please remember, Mischief, Mischief Managed. Managed.